Where could I go but to the Lord tonight, amen? I'm thankful that I have somewhere to go to, amen? Somebody to turn towards during these dark days, and uh, amen. I'm thankful I've got a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, one that'll never leave me, never forsake me, but he'll go with me all the way, even unto the ends of the world, praise God. Aren't you thankful for that this, this evening, church? Amen. I don't know about anybody else. I'm still struggling with this time change. It was uh, uh, almost dark when church started this evening, but um, amen. We might as well get used to it because it's going to be that way for a while, isn't it? Amen. Well, I assume we've taken the offering and prayer request and announcements. Do what? I already preached. Man, you got to watch that dude back here. I'm telling you. I think Miss Ellen whispers things in his ear to say. That's what I think. My goodness, what are we going to do? We're going to praise the Lord, I guess, aren't we? God been good to you tonight? Amen. Amen. Somebody have a word of testimony, a song on your heart, something you'd like to, to share with the congregation before we go any, any further in services this evening? Amen. Praise God. Right. Amen. Amen. Praise God. That's more than a lot of people have. You understand? As far as corporate worship and collective worship in some areas, uh, boy, they'd just be thrilled to death just to be able to gather for a little while and, and learn uh, just a few things about God's Word. Uh, amen. It's a shame that we have what we have here in America, but we're no more hungry than what we are. But then in other places where they don't have hardly anything, but yet they're hungry. They have an appetite for the Word of God and the things of God. Amen. I don't want to ever lose my appetite for Jesus. Do you? Uh, I want to always have a holy hunger for the Word of God. Amen. Your spiritual appetite tells you a whole lot about your spiritual condition. Uh, amen. What do you crave? What do you long for? What do you thirst after? And you know your appetite can be trained. That's right. You can train your appetite. You know, when you first, uh, you ever took a, took a bite of something or ate something, and the first time you ate it, you didn't like it very well. I used to be that way with Mama's potato soup when I was growing up. She'd fix me potato soup, and I'd cry. I mean, just bawl my eyes out. I couldn't stand it. But, you know, now I love it. So uh, our appetite is trained. And uh, the more we partake of something, the more used to it we get. And, uh, amen, the more you... Uh, I don't ever want to, to spend so much time dabbling in the things of this world and the, thing, the, the, uh, the things of sin that, that uh, they become trivial um, or that I get used to the things of this world. Amen? Uh, but, boy, I want to... I, I, you know, the things of God, godliness, spirituality... Fellowship with God's people, that ought to be the norm for the people of God. That ought to be the, uh, the rule rather than, than the exception. 
But I'm afraid in our day we've got the tables turned and things are backwards, uh, which goes right along with, with what the Bible says, that in the last days uh, uh, right will be wrong and, and wrong will be right and just a, a, a big old confused mess. Amen. Praise God. So uh, somebody else tonight, God been good to you? Some, something you'd like to share with the church congregation tonight? William, I ought to make you preach after saying something like that. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Anybody got a song for us this evening? Okay. I think I think our little lady's got one. Come on, baby. Let's sing. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, I believe the sun's coming up. Yeah. Amen. The sun's coming up. The sun's, yes, the S-O-N's coming down, and we're going up. Hallelujah. All right. Say, so, Pam, you got one for us this evening? All right. Mighty rushing wind 
I can almost hear the trumpet as Gable sounds the call. And at the midnight cry, we'll be going home. When Oh,
looking forward to my glorification, aren't you? Amen. That time when we receive our brand new body that's fashioned like into his glorious body. Uh, amen. You know a lot of the good things about that body. No more pain, no more suffering. Uh, no more uh, no more aging. Somebody say amen right there. Amen. You know the best thing about my brand new body, other than the fact that it'll be like Jesus, it'll be a sinless body. <laughs> the flesh will never torture or torment me ever again. Amen. See, I'm not currently without sin. Now, I know that's hard for some folk to believe. I've been delivered from the penalty of sin. I am in the process of being delivered from the power of sin by way of sanctification. But it will not be until uh, the rapture, the resurrection of saints, my glorification that I'm going to be delivered from the presence of sin. Somebody said, well, no sin will enter heaven. Well, thank God for that. Uh, he's going to remove it for, he lets me, he's got he's to fit me. He's got to clothe me. You ever been somewhere, been to a banquet or a dinner where you felt out of place? You were underdressed? Amen? Uh, you know, listen, there won't be anybody underdressed when they get to heaven. Yeah. Amen? Because God's going to give them a brand new robe. The righteousness of Jesus, amen. <laughs> amen. And I'm going to be, beloved, now we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know, I like that, don't you? That when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And everyone that hath this hope purifieth themselves, even as he is pure. Amen. Uh, listen, I'm not always what I should be, but I'm not what I used to be. Most of all, I'm not what I'm going to be. One of these days, I'm going to be like Jesus. But I ought to strive to live my life every day. And, and, and from the moment that I get saved until the day I die, my life ought to uh, be consistently conformed into the image of God's Son. Amen. More like, more like Jesus. You ought to be more like Him tonight than you were the day you got saved. If you're not, I wonder whether or not you got saved. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, kiddos, come sing. Uh, it's good to have Miss Little Aislin with us tonight, uh, my little sweetheart. Hallelujah. So, kiddos, come sing. Let me tell you about Jesus. I think that'd be according to the will of God. Anybody that wants to come, come sing.
Are you desperate for some healing? Let me tell you about my Heaven stood still and paid attention to that. That's just what I think. I, I don't have Bible for that, so to speak. But 
Amen. I do think that the Lord has a, well, I know the Bible does say the Lord has a, a special place in his heart for children. And uh, friend, if we don't train them up, devil's going to get them. Did you hear that? If we don't train them up, and uh, I'm talking about from the earliest age, it's never, you, you, they're never too young for you to start teaching them about a Savior. Amen? That's right, so praise God. And uh, you don't have to be an old, older person for the Lord to change your life. I believe God saves kids too. Uh, amen. When they reach that age of accountability and say, Preacher, what is that? Well, I don't know per se, but I just believe there comes a point in time when the Holy Spirit of God begins uh, fingering around in their heart and shows them, uh, amen, they're a sinner and that Jesus died for their sins. And uh, you say, well, you know, how do you know they said the right thing or meant what? Listen, it's not them doing the saving anyway. It's the Lord. Amen. Of course, I don't, uh, I don't coerce anyone into, into, into making a profession of faith. But boy, I tell you, I'm not going to turn them away. Right? If the Lord's dealing with our heart, uh, amen, I'm going to do my best to encourage them and to point them towards Christ. Amen. Uh, I tell you, it didn't take long for me to realize I may have been, a, uh, been raised up on a church pew, but I, I, uh, I had a dirty heart. Hallelujah. Amen. That's right. Did you know it, ta it takes just as much grace for God to save a church kid as it does a drunk or an alcoholic? That's right, drug addict. That's, it's, I am what I am tonight by the grace of God. That's right. And apart from him, I'd be the chiefest of sinners. That's right. Hallelujah. Somebody else this evening before we preach? It's been good to be in the Lord's house. I, I'm, I'd come to church just for that. Hallelujah. All minds and hearts clear this evening. have a special burden tonight for the service, and the Lord never ceases to amaze me uh, how that he leads and guides and um, direction in a specific way, and I, my intent was to go one direction tonight, but uh, I made an effort to go and uh, visit with Denise's grandmother, and uh, crazy me, I forgot that the time that I was going was when they go to supper, so. I blew that one, just like I do a lot of things, hallelujah. But uh, on the way back, I just had some time to reflect on some things, and, um, and uh, I just believe the Lord just, uh, He didn't speak to me in an audible, audible voice, amen. He didn't, I didn't see it on a bumper sticker or on a billboard or the clouds wasn't arranged in a certain way, but I just believe that God has impressed this message on my heart tonight um, from a passage of Scripture that may not be that familiar to us. Ephesians chapter number 5 tonight. Ephesians chapter number 5. Caroline, turn me up just a tad. Ephesians chapter number 5. And uh, I need your prayers tonight. Um, I certainly don't feel qualified or prepared even and, and listen I take sermon preparation very seriously and it's important to me to to be studied up I'm not one of these open mouth fillet preachers amen I think a lot of times 
when you uh, when you adopt that philosophy, he'll fill it with hot air. Hallelujah! Uh, but I believe in in, in uh, study to show thyself uh, a workman approved, rightly dividing the word of truth. Um, so I don't know. I don't. We'll just see what happens. Um, try, certainly try to allow him to lead and guide us this evening. But no doubt. This is the text for tonight's service. Ephesians chapter 5, if you found your place, say amen. Verse number 11 is where we'll take our text. We could study the entire chapter. Uh, church, The book of Ephesians, uh, along with Philippians, two of my favorite books in the entire Word of God, especially the New Testament, helping us to know who we are in Christ. And uh, in the book of Ephesians, the the phrase that you find uh, occurring, reoccurring over and over again throughout the book is this little phrase, in Christ. How many of you are thankful that you're in Christ tonight? Amen. And who we are, our newfound identity. You know, if, if we're going to be successful as Christians, live the victorious Christian life, so to speak, we're going to have to know who we are. First of all, we've got to know who He is. Amen? But then after you, and, and listen, you spend your whole life as a saved Christian studying the Bible and you'll never exhaust the subject of who God is. But I want to know as much about the Lord as I can, don't you? But, but secondly, after I know who He is, I need to know who I am. Uh, and um, there is a difference between who I was and who I am now. If there's no difference, I don't believe there's any salvation, no change. No conversion. Amen. I believe that when God saves someone, He changes them. Uh, amen. And we're going to see a little bit of that tonight in the message. But uh, who we are in Christ. And then, uh, uh, amen, what we have in Christ. Uh, I've got, I have some things. Not only uh, do I have, uh, am I different, but what I have is different. What I possess, the benefits and the blessings of my salvation. So again, and I don't know, I mean, we may eventually start a book-by-book a book study, or a ver excuse me, a chapter-by-chapter, verse-by-verse study of this book, or Philippians. It's, you know, it's amazing. I've been here as long as I have been here, and I've never done that. And these books, I blame that on Billy Barham. It's Billy's fault, because when he was teaching adult Sunday school years ago. He went through all of these. And Billy was a phenomenal Sunday school teacher. Just did a wonderful, wonderful job. So um, I didn't want to be uh, repetitive, so to speak. But uh, it's been long enough now. we got a new crowd uh, for the most part. So uh, it might be time for us to hitch up to one of these books. Amen. I love the writings of Paul. Don't you? Uh, amen. But Ephesians chapter number 5, verse 11 is where we will take our text for tonight, and I do, again, covet your prayers. The Bible says in verse number 11, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest. How many would agree that we need it's time for God's people to wake up? It's past time for the people of God 
to wake up. Where he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Friend, what you need as much as you do anything else in your life is more light. Amen. Fresh revelation. I'm not talking about a new word. I've got all the word that I need. But I, I, need, I need to be enlightened. I need discernment. I need guidance and direction in my life so that I can try the spirits to see whether they be of God. Amen. But this is a promise that if we will wake up and if we'll rise from the dead, so to speak, Christ shall give us light. Isn't that wonderful? See then that ye walk circumspectly. We're going to talk about what that word circumspectly means. Not as fools, but as wise. You know, a lot of Christians today remind me more of fools than they do uh, uh, wise. People filled with wisdom. You know, there's no excuse for you not to have some wisdom in your life because if you're, if you're saved, if you're born again, you have the mind of Christ. When God saves you, He gives you a new mind. Amen? And that's where it starts. Amen? Spirituality starts with the mind. If your mind is not right, nothing else will be right. If your mind's not right, your heart won't be right. If your heart's not right, your will will not be right, but it all starts with your mind. How many of you think, listen, I tell you, I'm thankful when I get to heaven, I'll have a new mind. Hallelujah. But listen, uh, amen, if you're saved, amen, you have the mind of Christ. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. I'll tell you, these are some powerful verses that contain some very, very practical truths, especially for the day you and I are living in. And with the Lord's help tonight, I want to preach on this thought, the unfruitful works of darkness. Father in heaven, I love you, God. And Lord, you've burdened my heart for this message. And God, I feel like I'm facing a mountain tonight. And this may not be a one-hit wonder. Lord, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. But Father, Lord, I just I feel as if I'm, I'm standing at the bottom of a mountain with a, a job that's all but impossible. Because Lord, I'm afraid that from the pulpit to the pew, we have lost sight of the reality of the dark and depraved world we're living in. Now, Lord, this world is dark. Lord, this world is devious. It's deceitful. And God, um, it's dangerous. And Lord, I pray that there would be no question in any of our minds whether or not we're walking in light or walking in darkness. Um, Father, we're not children of darkness, we're children of the light. Lord, you've called us out of darkness so that we might walk in the light as you yourself are in the light. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you'd um, help us to understand the seriousness and the soberness of the world of darkness that surrounds us. And God, especially those of us who are parents or grandparents or caretakers of these precious children, Lord, who are up here singing, those in the congregation, those who affiliate with this church that are not here tonight, Help us to understand our responsibility to protect them from a world of darkness. 
Lord, I pray, God, that you would um, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand. Um, Thus saith the Lord tonight. And God, help me to preach, Lord, not through the flesh, but through the unction and the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. And God, uh, when this service is over, we're not going to try to get any glory or, uh, Lord, uh, draw any praise to our names because uh, we're unworthy and we don't deserve anything. All our hope is in You tonight, Father. But Lord, I pray that You'd honor Your Word, exalt Your Son by way of Your humble servant. Use me tonight. Cleanse me from all sin. And Lord, help me to be a mouthpiece. And Lord, just a messenger of thus saith the Lord in Jesus' name. We pray all God's people said, Amen. The unfruitful works of darkness. Now I'm just going to go through the text this evening um, and share some things with you. First of all, we find what the apostle refers to as a separation. And have no fellowship. Verse number 11. Say that with me tonight. And have no fellowship. Boy, you know, what you fellowship with or who you fellowship with is important. Amen. If you're going to be spiritual, you're going to have to cultivate a spiritual environment. You're going to have to cultivate an environment of light in your life rather than an environment of darkness. And can I just say that the lines, although they have been muddied in our day, as somebody said, uh, the problem today is the world's become so churchy, the church has become so worldly, you can't tell the difference between the two of them. I saw a Facebook post, some of you may have seen it, to where, uh, amen, there is a specific place to where the Mississippi River empties into, I guess that's the Gulf of Mexico, and you can literally tell the difference and the distinction between the fresh water of the Mississippi River, amen, and the salt water of the Gulf of Mexico. Even though they're, they're, they're butted right up against each other, there is a distinction that is unmistakable, amen. And although the world would like to try to mesh uh, the things of God and the things of this world together, uh, amen, you cannot hide the difference between light and darkness. Amen. Light exposes darkness. Let me say that tonight. Light exposes darkness. And if you will look at this world through, spirit, through the spiritual realm, you will see, amen, uh, the difference, uh, the very uh, evident difference between light and darkness. And brother, if you ever get to that place to where you can't tell the difference spiritually between light and darkness, you've got a problem. Because especially, and again, uh, as parents, amen, it is my responsibility to cultivate an environment of light in my family and in my home. Uh, amen. Make sure that I don't uh, allow the influences of darkness to permeate my family. Amen. So I've got to have wisdom and I've got to have spiritual sight so that I may be able to recognize spiritual light versus spiritual darkness. Amen. Darkness is, is on the move. Uh, the forces of darkness. And by, by the way, there is a spirit realm. And I'm not uh, getting into the ooga booga and the ghost stories and all this because I, I believe we've got too much of an infatuation with that kind of thing 
that kind of mess as it is, it's a crying shame that a lot of people and even church-going people make a bigger deal out of Halloween than they do Thanksgiving or Christmas. Huh? But I'm just telling you, church, uh, we got to be able to recognize the difference between light and darkness. Amen. Because darkness is on the move. The forces of darkness, the army of darkness, the enemy of darkness has invaded this world and has invaded our land and has invaded our nation, has invaded our community, uh, has invaded our churches. And we don't even realize it because we're sound asleep. Right? Do you know that there is, a, and listen, we got some enemies in this world. Uh, listen, the Muslims aren't your friend, they're your enemy. Amen. There needs to, you know, no, 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 um, no grounded Christian that knows the Bible, that understands the truths of God, are going to affiliate with Hamas or Hezbollah. But by the way, only a fool that lives within America would identify with that mess. Amen. These, these, and Dad and I talked about it at lunch today. These, uh, amen. These towel heads, praise God. Uh, you know what their desire, all these college students that are pro-Hamas, all those thousands of rioters that marched on Washington, D.C. this weekend in favor of terrorists. What they don't understand is those Muslims, those terrorists, amen, if they got a chance, they'd kill them college kids. But again, they don't understand the difference between light and darkness. But did you know there is a force that is a greater threat to the people of God, to the churches of God, to the young people in this, this country, in this nation, to our families? There is a greater threat than Hamas? I'm talking about the world of darkness. I'm talking about the forces of darkness that have gotten a grasp a grip and a chokehold on our American society. And what you don't realize is that you are being influenced by it. And your family is being impacted by it. Y'all pray for me to preach tonight. I'm being influenced by it. Right? We're living in perilous times, brother. See, things that, things that used to be they, they wouldn't used to be tolerated. See, my papa's generation has more sense than, I, than my generation does. They would not have tolerated the things that uh, you and I have been putting up with for decades now. You say, Pre preacher, what would they have done? The very same thing that Paul is admonishing the Ephesians to do right here in our text, and that is to reprove them, to expose them, to call them out for what they are. Amen? Uh, the devil has, see, and the devil is subtle. Amen. He doesn't do his work right out in the open, although he's becoming a whole lot more brave and bold than what he ever has been. But he is, he, amen, he's a, he's a serpent and he slithers and he infiltrates. Amen. Kind of like the snake in the garden. 
clandestine operation, a spy, an enemy spy in the camp. And, 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 and what he has done and what his armies of darkness have done in this world that you and I have, are living in, the devil has infiltrated every foundation of our American society and culture. You say, preacher, where does it start? The home. You say, preacher, the devil ain't my home. You're a fool. You're a fool. Amen. I ain't preaching against TV. I, I ain't that kind of preacher. It's not what it is. It's what you do with it. But friend, I'm just telling you, if your kids have access to social media, the devil's infiltrating your home. You know, and, and we as parents, those of us raising teenagers, we feel the brunt of the pressure. I've got to let my kids do it because everybody else is doing it. But what I have done is I have opened a portal of darkness into my home. But let me tell you something, and, 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 I, and I, you couldn't have had a better daddy than this man right here. I extol him. I honor him. Amen. If I fail, it ain't his fault. It's in spite of the job he did raising me. But brother, it was a, it, and I'm not being disrespectful, it's a whole lot easier raising kids in his day than it is my day. And, and parents, godly Christian parents, who, who are, you know, I, I, I think anybody that's saved is, you know, I, I believe every saved parent is sincere, or should be, has the desire to do the right thing, to make the right choice. Amen. And, and brother, sometimes it's a fine line whether to say yes or no or, or whether to give the okay or whether or not to jerk the chain. And, and, amen. And, and, and brother, that's where, that's where wisdom, boy, I'm getting a long way tonight, aren't I? <laughs> amen. But I'm telling you, we've got to have some wisdom and discernment, first of all, to recognize the difference between the works of darkness and the works of light. And we got to understand that the devil wants to infiltrate that which is precious to us. Uh, he's infiltrating our homes. You say, preacher, how's he doing it? Well, <laughs> man, I'd, get, I'd already been kicked out. But if I hadn't already been kicked out, I, will be, I would be kicked out for what I'm getting ready to say. It's a shame that you preach on holiness and you get crucified by God's people. Just a truth. You, you say, preacher, how's the, how, how's the devil infiltrating homes? Well, by what they watch. What we watch. What I watch. And brother, it, 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 I, I, let me, let's not even talk about the kids. The works of darkness are influencing my life by the things that I have grown accustomed to that I used to be bothered by. Desensitized. Used to bother me. I'll never forget when I was... Can we just be real tonight? It, it'll help you a whole lot more if I be real with you than if I put on a show and, and act like I'm some big, big shot preacher. Is that okay? I remember when it used to bother me to hear people use profanity. 
Why? Because I, I was raised in a home where I never heard profanity. Never heard this man cuss. Uh, amen. If we were watching, I know you're, you're having a time. But, but listen, if we were watching a television show, the first time, and I ain't talking about, you know, things that are commonplace today. I'm just talking about crude, rude profanity. I'm talking about if we heard things that today are just normal. I mean, it'd get really quiet and uncomfortable. Boy, I sure hope Daddy didn't hear that because the TV's getting ready to change. And it would, brother. Uh, we didn't, you know, there wasn't any, any sort of sexually explicit things watched on our television when I was growing up. Man, I used to get mad at him. Not terribly. But I didn't like it. You know, he had too much Violet Bailey in him. Didn't let me go to the movies. I'll never, I'll never forget when Twister came. I wanted to go see it. Hallelujah. He said no, and he cried. He cried. Because it hurt him to tell me no. And I guarantee you, you, you need a paycheck for the, <laughs> but I, I, I guarantee you, boy, I'm, I'm thankful I've got a dad that I can use as an example. I, I, listen, I, if he were to be honest, he'd tell you he didn't always get it right. Maybe sometimes he swayed uh, one way or the other. Most of the time, listen, if he swayed, one, it was on the conservative way. Amen, Daddy didn't, uh, amen, Daddy didn't, he, he didn't have me on a loose leash, brother. He'd tighten it up if he saw, because he could recognize the works of darkness. And they were real in my day when I was growing up. But brother, they are in our face today and we don't even see it. What we watch on demand. Huh? I mean, you look for a movie to watch on your cable TV. And you're sitting there scrolling through it and just the, the images that are advertised in the movies, your kids ain't got no business even seeing that smud. But we just let them watch it. What they listen to. Would I not get kicked out of most churches for this? Did you know that your kids are exposed to smut by way of the music industry? Amen? You know what would be, and, 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 and I've tried to do it with him, and he can't handle it. He can't. It's a shame that I can, and that it doesn't bother me nearly as much as it bothers him, because I've grown used to it and accustomed to it. It's just part of the world. But what would be good for some of you older saints is to, uh, is to go on YouTube and play some of the filth and garbage that your kids are being exposed to, that our kids are being exposed to. Smutty music. I, I, I'm talking about, and, and, and brother, I, I don't know, I don't have an answer. That's why things like this weigh so heavy on my heart, because if we were to look at it through natural eyes, we would think it is impossible. Because the devil has such 
a stronghold. I'm not talking about on the worldly crowd and the devil crowd. I'm talking about God's people. He's got a stronghold. The enemy has a stronghold in our homes and it begins with what we let our kids watch and listen to. Their minds are destroyed. Their minds, amen, become perverted. It's not because of them. I'm not preaching to these kids. My daughters think when I do this, I'm talking about, no, I love my daughters. They're precious. They're jewels. They're treasures. But brother, they're living in a world of darkness. And the devil's doing everything he can to devour them. And sad to say, I ain't helping things now. So he's infiltrated the home, but he's infiltrated the schools. Another thing Dad and I were talking I'm not getting Dad and I were talking about this today. You know, how in the world could a culture, an American culture, any school system in America justify what is blatant and triple X pornography being allowed in public school libraries? And brother, when you think it's in some other county, it's here in Greenville and Green County too. I recently talked to a man that pulled his children out of public schools right here in the city because they found sexually explicit books in the libraries and the school board wouldn't do nothing about it. School system, the death, the 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 the, the world and the kingdom of darkness has infiltrated our homes and our schools and our government. You know that's what we got it's a bunch of devils running our government. Huh? But he's infiltrated our churches. And you know there's a lot of so-called worship going on in our churches today, but my question is who are they worshiping? I believe they're worshiping the God of this world. Huh? Little Jesus. Maybe not the Antichrist, but an Antichrist. The spirit of Antichrist that doth already work. Nothing but mysticism and occultism being, being blatantly and publicly practiced from pulpits and stages in the name of worship. Boy, we're preaching positive tonight, aren't we? Did you say, preacher, what we got to do? We got to separate from it. Now, I didn't say isolate. Have no fellowship with. Take no part in it. Don't support it. You need, to, you need to be careful where you're throwing your money to. What company you're throwing your money towards. God forbid that I'd take the money that God has given me and using it to support the works of the devil instead of the work of God. Do you know why a lot, of, a lot of Christians can't support missionaries? Because they got too much of their money tied up in the kingdom of this world. you got to choose. Amen. Separation. Man, I could preach not toleration, not isolation, but separation. You know what's killed America? 
this, uh, this idea of let's tolerate everything. Brother, there's some things that ought not be tolerated. There's some lifestyles that ought not be tolerated. There's some things that my papa's generation wouldn't have put up with. Headman! You say, well, we've got to tolerate them. Brother, you think they're going to tolerate you? Fools. Signification. With unfruitful. Amen. You know, you need to invest your life in things that are productive. Do you know most of this mess that we're tied up in is all going to burn up, waste away. I mean, we live in a corruptible world. A wor- and when I say corruptible, I'm talking about perishable. It's not going to last. That car you lo- you're in love with right now, 20 years from now, it's going to be in the junkyard rusting. Amen, them, them, them high-dollar clothes you buy, it ain't going to take long for them to wear out. That's another thing, Daddy. Daddy never let me buy high-dollar shoes. Everybody else was wearing Air Jordans. Amen. Huh? It didn't hurt me one bit. It was good for me. Learned to value. Amen. What I have instead of waste it. Lay not up for yourselves treasures and earth. If any man will come after me. Did you know what, this, what, what, again, we said it this morning, before you ever follow the Lord, you've got to forsake some things. But you know what's keeping a lot of people from living lives of spiritual success today? If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Self-denial. Denying your flesh. Do you know that's why a lot of us are exposing our children to things that are hurting them. We may not realize it. We're, uh, we're naive and oblivious to it. Amen. But in reality, we are exposing them to things that are detrimental and hurtful to them, all because we're not willing to deny, to deny as adults our own flesh. In other words, we're not willing to grow up. When I became a man, I put away childish things. Got to put away some things. Do you know your life doesn't consist in the things that you possess? That's what Jesus said. Man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things that you possess. What you have doesn't determine whether or not you're successful. An abomination. Works of darkness. Brother, the spirit world is real. Just as much as there is a Jesus, there is a devil. Ephesians 6, 12, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, I'm not saying that that, that God's people or the church ought to play footsie with the devil. No, friend, the devil is a formidable foe, and he is not an opponent opponent to be fooled around with or messed with. Some churches are spending too much time emphasizing the devil and not enough time exalting the Savior. Ephesians 2, 2 and 3, Where in time past you walked according to the course 
of this world according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. You know, before you got saved, you was a child of the devil. Lost people belong to Satan. Amen? But God can change their nature and make them a child of the King. Colossians 1.13 Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. My point is, there is a, such a thing as the power of darkness. Ephesians 5.8 For ye were sometimes darkness, now are ye light, and the Lord walk as children of light. You know, if you look hard enough, you'll find darkness in this world. You'll find darkness in Greenville, Tennessee. You'll find darkness in the schools. You'll find darkness in people's homes. You'll find darkness in churches. You know, why do do some churches cultivate an environment of darkness? You know, in the world, you associate sinful things with darkness. Most places of ill ill refute, the lights are dim. Because there is an association with darkness and sin. You know, most churches today look more like a nightclub than they do a church. I believe a church house ought to be a place of light and not darkness. I won't charge you for that one. Yeah, man. You know, kids dress in darkness, wearing dark clothes. They used to call it goth. What do they call it now, kids? Emo? It's an expression of darkness. You know, when we look at it as if it's trivial, friend, it's real. You know, people who dress in darkness are expressing the fact that they live in darkness. I'm not being disrespectful to them. I'm saying it's our responsibility to reach them and bring them out of darkness. Admonition. Okay, here, here it is. Here's where we get messed up. Here's where we drop the ball. Admonition, but rather reprove them. You say, preacher, how did Jesus deal with darkness? Colossians 2.15 And having spoiled principalities and powers, He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. You know how you're to deal with darkness? You're not to cover it up, hide it, ignore it, turn a blind eye or a deaf ear, act like it don't exist. Because, brother, it's here whether or not you want to admit it. It's, fi- it's time for the church of the living God to call darkness what it is and confront it and deal with it. We've got to call it out. We've got to tell on it. We've got to expose it for what it is. But now we want to crucify preachers who call out a world of darkness. That's why preachers won't preach on darkness. Because they know their people won't tolerate it. And we'll put up with it. Don't meddle in my business. Don't talk about my kids' music. Don't talk about the movies that they watch. 
Amen. Stay in your lane. Brother, I believe the lane of a preacher is to reprove and expose darkness. But nowadays, brother, you do it, you'll suffer for it. I'm just, amen, let me just say it. I've been through some things. Some of it's my own fault. Part of it's because I got a target on my back for exposing darkness. It's true. It ain't no fun. Men. Humiliation. Verse 12, for it is a shame even to speak of those things. Brethren, I'm talking about things that used to be not talked about and discussed even in private. Now they're talked about in public. Now they're, 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 they're pranced about. Amen. They are promoted publicly. Things that are blasphemous. Things that are irreverent. Things that are of the devil and of the world of darkness. Now we're just advertising them and making an open show of them. Look at what we're doing. Proud of what God calls perversion. Amen. There's no such thing as shame anymore. Man, there's things, listen, the kind of music that your kids are exposed to are things that, uh, amen, uh, that my parents would have been embarrassed to even listen to. Right? Shameful to speak of those things, but now it's normal. Don't let this world normalize your kids. That's good preaching. Don't you give in to the pressure, uh, amen, uh, that the world is, is, is putting on you to conform to what is uh, politically correct and is the norm of society and is just according to our modern day culture. Just because everybody else is doing it does not mean it's right. It ain't normal. Brother, this, this, this filth and this, this uh, amen, I want to be careful what I say. I want to treat the pulpit respectfully, but this filth, this rubbish, this garbage, amen, that your kids are exposed to, these things that they can see, these things that they know about, amen. Listen, uh, you're not mature enough to handle it, let alone them. Don't give in to the pressure to conform. Listen, God didn't call you to be conformed. He called you to be separate and different. To be a peculiar people that stands out above the rest. Restriction. Here's the dangerous part. Which are done of them in secret. Brother, there's things that your kids are exposed to that you don't even have a clue. He said, well, I don't let them listen to it to the house. You better know what they're doing at school. You better know who's teaching them. It could be your kids being taught by a pervert. I ain't got no plans of letting my kids be taught by a pervert. Amen. Don't trust them. Do you know that the, 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 the people who teach your kids will have as much 
of an influence on their life as you do. Why? Because they spend as much time with them as you do. And while you're trying to teach them one thing at home, the schoolhouse is trying to teach them according to the world of darkness. They're being indoctrinated. It's what it is. It's not education. It's indoctrination. And you know what the fruit of it? These fools that these... Amen, I'm talking about the cream of the crop. The, uh, amen, uh, the elites of society, the, the smartest at your uh, out, upstanding universities such as Harvard and Yale and all these places. But yet they're fools because they're products of indoctrination. You need to be careful who educates your kids. That'll do it. Because I promise you, they will be influenced by what they're taught. And brother, it ain't just about, it ain't just about public versus private school. My girls go to a Christian school and they know. Because they know. it's in there just like it is everywhere else. Brother, we've we got a tough job. I mean, we're, we're in a mess. And it ain't their fault, by the way. Done of them in secret. Ain't nothing good about secrecy. You know, nowadays parents, are the, amen, the teachers have more rights than the parents do. Nowadays the school system thinks that, the, that, that what goes on at school is none of mom and daddy's business. Bless God, we ought to show them it's our business. Anytime they're trying to do something secretively and, and in a hidden or an unknown fashion, ain't nothing good come out of it. If you can't, if you can't do it publicly, if, we, if they can't be held accountable for it, it doesn't need to take place. Done in secret. I mean, kids being, becoming confused about whether they're a boy or a girl without getting permission from the parents. Parents ought to go in and raise Cain over it. That's right. Manifestation. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. Brother, don't you ever forget this light exposes darkness. And brother, if you're of the light, the world will hate you because it doesn't have to be intentional. It's just natural for your light to expose the darkness of this world. Amen? John 3, 19, and this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness more than they do light. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Because their deeds are evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Amen? Light reproves darkness. Light exposes darkness. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. You, you say, if you've got the right spiritual mindset, you want the light of God's Word to expose the darkness of your sin. Amen? Right. Disposition. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. See, here is the problem. Can I say this tonight? It is a good and a positive thing for light 
to expose darkness. That's why we're in the mess that we're in is for so long we've been hiding their light and under a bushel. And because of it, darkness has been and is continuing to run rampant in our American culture because nobody's standing against it. Nobody's butting heads with it. Nobody's reproving it. Nobody's exposing it because they're not willing to pay the cost. It's a good thing for a preacher to expose darkness. From time to time, you need somebody to preach the hide off of you. I need it. Because when left to myself, my flesh is prone towards darkness. Amen? Preaching, Bible preaching is preaching that exposes darkness. If you've got a mom and daddy that loves you enough to, to expose your darkness, and brother, you don't have to be an adult to be, especially in our day, to be messed up and to be trapped by darkness. Amen? Children, you need to, if you've got a mom and daddy that loves you, Amen. Don't you view yourself as a victim because mom and daddy doesn't put up with your sin? Because mom and daddy don't let you do anything and everything you want to do? If you've got a mom and dad that's got enough gumption to tell you no every once in a while, you ought to extol them and say, thank you, Jesus, for them. Man. That's right. See, authority reproves darkness. Accountability reproves darkness. And brother, I, I need some people in my life that are close of me, close enough to me to be able to recognize, amen, when the devil has infiltrated my life with a little bit of darkness. They can recognize it and then they love me enough to point it out and rebuke it. Huh? Preacher preaching the truth tonight. You know who did that for years? I said this twice this past week. My grandma. And anybody that knew my grandma know that she was not afraid to, to reprove and to expose darkness in the lives of her loved ones. And she didn't have to raise her voice or be mean at all. She just had a knack for that little tender, soft-spoken, sweet way of saying, now, Nick. And it's usually when we were alone. I, I, you Listen, I love being alone with her, but I learned that when I, was, when I was alone with her, there's a good chance I was going to be reproved by her. Now, Nick, you might not, might not should do this. Man, she'd talk about stuff that made me uncomfortable when I was a teenager. Made me blush. Huh? She knew how to tar and feather my hide without ever laying a hand towards me. And I rise up today and call her blessed even though she's no longer with us. Because she held me accountable. She held me to a standard. And there was a lot of people that I didn't mind disappointing, but bless God, I didn't, wanna, I didn't want to disappoint Memo Bailey. And I've told two people this week, if there's anybody that could keep me straight, it was that woman. If you've got that kind of person in your life, 
you ought to be thankful for them because most people don't have them. Now, I know I'm biased, but I just had to share that with you. It is a good thing for light to expose darkness. Man, stimulation. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest. You know, we, we're waiting on God to wake us up. What we need to do is give ourselves a, a swift kick to the backside. Why does God have to do everything for you? Why does God have to encourage you when you can encourage yourself in the Lord? Why does God have to wake you up? Amen. When you, amen. When He's just, it, it says, Wherefore He saith, Awake! Thou that sleepest. But what we want to do is turn over and hit the snooze button and sleep a little longer. And we think that if we ignore it and we hide it and we don't look at it and we don't confront it, it'll just go away. Brother, that's a lie from the devil. It ain't going away. Resurrection arise from the dead. That's what a lot of Christian people remind us of today's dead. The walking dead. Zombies. Amen. World's falling apart. World's going to hell. And we're shouting the glory, acting like everything's okay. Having a hallelujah. Amen. Sensationalizing. An experience-driven worship instead of humbling ourselves before a holy God and repenting of our sins. Impartation. Here's what will happen. If you'll wake yourself up, He'll give you light. You know, that's what we need today. We need God to give us light. You know it's an indictment against the church for a preacher to preach on soul winning and the altars to be empty? Yep, man. You know it's an indictment against Christians for a preacher to preach on people going to hell and nobody weep? Not even the preacher himself? You know what that's a sign of? It's a sign of a church that's asleep. Christian people who are oblivious to the things that are taking place in our world today. It's called willful ignorance. Choosing not to acknowledge what is real. Amen? The Lord says if you wake yourself up, He'll give you light. You need to pray that God will enlighten you, will give you wisdom and discernment to be able to try the Spirit and to be able to recognize the difference between darkness and light. It shouldn't be a hard thing to distinguish, but today we're oblivious. What are we doing? We're calling light darkness. We're calling darkness light. Yeah, man. Determination. See that you walk circumspectly. This word circumspectly, you know, speaks of a stubborn doggedness and a determination not carried about by one who is not carried out by every wind of doctrine, one who is not easily moved, manipulated, swayed, or influenced. You know, the, maybe the... The, 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 the most realistic definition of this word circumspectly, one that's straight as a stick. <laughs> you know what most, most church people's like? They're, amen, they're crooked sticks. Not walking. Sir. Friend, you will never survive in this world if you're not willing to make an effort to live right. It's not going to just happen. If you, if, you are, if you choose to be a lazy parent, your kids are going to be influenced by darkness. You've got to make an effort, a special concentrated effort to raise your children according to the things of God. Because it ain't just going to happen. 
It takes effort. It takes diligence. It takes more determination of, than most of us are willing to put into it. Yeah, man. Contradiction. Not as fools, but as wise. Amen. It's the best way to describe most so-called Christians today. They're more foolish than they are people filled with wisdom. Wise people do not support Hamas. Hallelujah. Wise people do not tolerate their kids being influenced by transgenderism. Ain't nothing wise about that. You ought to throw a fit and reprove it. Yeah, man. So they'll call me a troublemaker. Then you're right on track. Appreciation, redeeming the time. One who is opportunistic. One who makes the most of the time that they have. One who doesn't spin their wheels or waste their time, but they take advantage of the time that they have to make a difference. Brother, we're running out of time and we're fast asleep. Amen. Jesus said, I must work the works of Him that sent me while it is day, night cometh when no man can work. Time's running out. And we live as if we've got all the time in the world. Finally. Man, we're glad you're finished. Condition. Why? Because the days are evil. Brother, you realize you're living in evil days? You realize you're raising kids in a world of darkness? That doesn't mean you can't cultivate a home of light. Amen. In fact, the darker the place, the brighter the light shines. Does your home more resemble a place of darkness or a place of light, spiritually speaking? I ain't telling everybody to go home and change the light bulbs tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me give you this scripture, and I'm through. 2 Timothy 3, verse number 1, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Here they are. Men shall be lovers of their own selves. Check. Covetous. Check. Boasters. Check. Proud. Check. Blasphemers. Check. Here's one. Disobedient to parents. Check. Unthankful. Unholy. <laughs> Without natural Affection. Somebody say amen. I ain't going to... No, no. Woo, move on. <laughs> Truce breakers. False accusers. Incontinent. Fierce despisers of those that are good. Huh? Our society despises anything that is associated with the light. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than they are lovers of God. Having a form of godliness that denies the power thereof. For such turn away. Listen, for this sort are they which creep into houses and leave captive silly women laden with sins. Led away with diverse lost. Men, we are the shepherds of our homes. 
And it is our responsibility not just to protect our kids, but also our wives. Your wife, <clears throat> let me say this, my, our wives are valuable, but they're vulnerable. I'm to protect my wife. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Welcome, Harvard. Now, as Janice and Jambres withstood Moses, those who would withstand men who faithfully do their best to reprove darkness and expose it for what it is. So do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. Brother, that, that is, could you find a better description than the world we're living in right now? Perilous times, dangerous days, a world of darkness. Unfruitful works of darkness. That's causing more damage and more havoc, not just in other people's homes, but in our homes and in our families and in our lives and our communities and our churches than what any of us can imagine. God help us all to wake up and be able to make a distinction between that which is of darkness and that which is of the light. Let's all stand tonight. Father in heaven, Lord, I feel like I have butchered another sermon. Lord, I think a lot of it just comes from the Once again, as I said at the beginning of the message, Lord, standing at the bottom of a mountain that is so much higher than I am. A problem that I personally have no solution for. Lord, a world that is infested with darkness. Families, homes, Christian homes that are being overrun and overruled by darkness. Schools. Political offices, churches that, that more resemble places of darkness than they do light. Father, the only solution that I know is to make sure that we separate from darkness and let our light unashamedly shine. And Father, if we'll do that, first of all, we'll be able to tell the difference. God, give us wisdom. God, give me discernment when it comes to my home and my family and my children. More than anything else, Lord, I pray that my life would more resemble light than it does darkness. Lord, if I spend all my time blowing hot air and telling my kids to avoid darkness, but that, yet when they look at Daddy, they say see more darkness than they do light, I'm undermining my efforts. Lord, I pray that our lives would be lives of light. I pray that this church would be a church of light. I pray that we would be willing to lovingly reprove darkness. I pray that there would no, be no confusion as it relates to our kids when it comes to what is darkness and what is light. Help us to be able to recognize darkness.
Lord, help us to never be comfortable with darkness. Help us to never be okay with darkness. Help us to never get to that place to where that which is darkness is normal for us and we're, we're okay with it. God, we can't tolerate it. We've got to expose it. We've got to reprove it. We've got to make a, an open show of it. Because, Lord, if you tolerate a snake, sooner or later it's going to bite you. And, Lord, the devil's fangs of darkness are penetrating our lives and our churches and our children. And while we're laying there asleep, he's pumping his venom and his poison into our veins. Lord, our kids' minds are polluted. Father, they know things that that their innocent minds are not able to handle. No reason why they should even be exposed to these things. Things that I didn't even know about when I was their age. But Lord, their minds are polluted. Poisoned. And Father, once it gets in, it's almost impossible to get it out. Father, what we're witnessing in our world today is multiple generations that have been influenced more by the kingdom of darkness than it has been the kingdom of light. Because, because while the world has been championing darkness, the, de the, the church has been hiding its light in an attempt to conform and to tolerate and to put up with and to play around with. God, we're poisoned. We're polluted. Apart from Jesus Christ, we're gone. And there's no hope or help to be found. But Lord, I do believe there's a remedy. I believe there's a balm in Gilead. I believe there's a solution. I believe there's a cure. I believe there's an antidote. <laughs> Lord, the, devil, the devil's poison may be terminal. But Lord, your remedy can heal any wound, can cure any poisonous bite. We're not just the kids, but even we as adults. Father, we have been so influenced by darkness. Our mind, my mind, each and every day is influenced by darkness. Darkness is manipulating our lives more than light is. And we don't even realize it, but we're decaying and we're deteriorating. And we're telling our kids to run from darkness, to walk in the light. And when they look at our lives, their testimony would be, Mom, Dad, you're telling me to run from something that you look just like. God, what an indictment against me as a parent and as a husband and as a pastor, as a born-again Christian, that if my kids were to stand in front of this congregation tonight, 
that they might say that Daddy's life reminds me more of darkness than it does light. And Daddy's telling me to run away from it. But when I look at Him, I see more of it. I see more darkness than I do light. Oh God, we are in a mess more so than what we even realize. God, we're fooling ourselves. Who are we kidding? What are we thinking? And while churches, while church services more resemble a mosh pit, or what might have been transpiring down in the valley while Moses was on top of Mount Sinai. We're living it up and having ourselves a party while our families, our, our churches, our community, our young people are perishing. They're dying of the poisonous venom that the devil's pumping into their veins. Lord, I don't even want to say we've got to wake up before it's too late because without you it's too late. Father, apart from a miracle, America's done for. We've, just, we, we, we've tolerated it for too long. We've put up with it. Our country is too enveloped with a world of darkness. Too far down the road, God. That unless you intervene, it's only a matter of time before everything we hold dear and sacred to our hearts and lives is destroyed because we, the church of the living God, allowed darkness to take over. Infiltrated slowly and then began to come out of the closet and flown itself and now it's taken over. And we're still trying to tolerate it. We're still trying to put up with it. We're still trying to, to, to play games with it and rub shoulders and elbows and expose ourselves and our loved ones to that which is out of the pits of hell. God one day will wake up. But when we do, I'm afraid it'll be too late. Lord, you're imploring us to wake up and I'll give you light. Wake yourself up and I will give you light. God, I need light. My family needs light. Greenville needs light. Our children need light. And God, we are the light of the world. And a city that is set upon a hill cannot be hid. Or this church has nothing to hide. It has nothing to be ashamed of. Lord, no reason for us to hang our head or bury ourselves in the sand, but to stand tall and be a lighthouse, be an oasis, be a refuge, to, call, to let you use us to call those who are enslaved by darkness, so that they might be translated into the kingdom of light. 
God, I've done my best to preach tonight. Lord, I believe you've helped me. And I pray from the pulpit to the pew that we would hear what the Lord has spoken to us tonight through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people see it. Amen. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You know, when I was growing up, this was normal preaching. Hard preaching was considered good preaching. Soft preaching was considered no preaching. Nowadays, the roles are reversed. But God's able. And if I didn't believe that, I wouldn't be standing here tonight. Amen. Amen. It's been good to be in the Lord's house today, has it not? Amen. Let's take what we've heard and apply it. Let's, I appreciate those who brought somebody to church with them tonight. Isn't that wonderful? If every one of us would do that, we'd double our crowd Sunday morning. Bring somebody with you. Every, each and every day, make a, make a concentrated effort to invite somebody to church and to tell somebody about Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right, Brother William, you dismiss us in a word of prayer tonight.